Slow Burn Media and Evergreen Podcast presents Who Killed, a podcast that provides a voice for the voiceless. With more information emerging about the suspect and his reported mental health challenges, there are questions about how he was able to get his hands on guns. Abilarico got verified answers about the laws that the governor uh, that governed this issue in Maine. Take a listen. There's often the conversation about red flag laws, which aim to take firearms away from people who might pose a risk to themselves or others. In fact, social media users are already talking about it. So does Maine have a red flag law? We turn to Maine's state code and attorney general's office to verify no. Instead, it's a yellow flag or yellow paper law. It's a process with more steps than the more assertive red flag laws in some states. That means they do have extreme risk protection orders, which can be used for law enforcement officers to remove firearms from the possession of people at risk of using guns to harm themselves or others. But in Maine, it goes into effect, quote, when a law enforcement officer has taken a person into protective custody. So it requires someone to have had a run-in with the law. Then a medical practitioner must, quote, assess whether the person presents a likelihood of foreseeable harm. And that is a hindrance, according to Maine's Deadly Force Review Panel 2022 report, which pushes for more resources and education around the law. How about red flag laws in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia? Everywhere in the DMV is covered by a law allowing for an extreme risk protection order when there's concern over how someone might use a gun. We have detailed information about local red flag laws on our website right now. With your Verify, I'm Abby Lerico. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Who Killed the Presser of the Week? And last week we had discussed the main mass shooting suspect, one Robert Card. And what we have learned in the meantime is the officials and the authorities in this state seemingly have dropped the ball on whether or not this individual should have owned a firearm. We all know that this is a very touchy subject as people like to spout about the second amendment and do hey fair enough do what you want i'm not against you but i am against the idea that you had the reservists tell the police that you think this man is close to snapping and might commit a mass shooting so what do authorities do authorities go to this man's house they knock on the door. They request to see one Robert Card. And they do not receive a response. So they leave. And that's pretty much the where things stand today. Because that's, I'm pretty sure, all they did as far as investigating this guy goes. Even though that there were text messages and emails exchanged talking about how this guy is just about ready to snap, I'm beginning to think that there may have been some red flags here that just weren't seen, or maybe there just aren't enough resources out there for these red flags to have been picked up. But what I'm seeing is a lack of ownership of this mistake, because what this mistake led to was the loss of life of 18 individuals. And countless lives have been ruined because of this mass shooting event. 
as they always are. But as we sit here today, the information that we know now is something that should have been accepted at the beginning of this investigation and acknowledged. And if they would have just followed protocol and spoken with this individual, there were laws in the books that could have let them take his guns away from him. Apparently, this guy was a very right-wing aficionado. And what do we know about them? They love guns. So gun man goes on gun sites. One site in particular is Don Jr. Don Jr. has been preaching about getting an AR-15. And if you don't have an AR-15, you better go get an AR-15 because they're going to come take away your AR-15s. Well, the problem with that is it takes people like Robert Card, who then take that note from idiot son as being some sort of truth and then they snap clearly this individual had a lot more going on than just reading some twitter and getting radicalized but if you look at his twitter visits his website visits those are the signs of somebody who is being radicalized if you spread hate and you repeat the rhetoric that you see on these crazy right wing, and I'm talking crazy right wing, you know, right as far as right goes, like Matt Getz, you know, he's a loser and a pedophile and most likely going to get involved in some sex trafficking stuff. So anyway. Again, you're associating with some really classy people over there. So you get these far extremists and what they do is they ruin it for everybody because all these people were doing was just enjoying their night out. But while we have one group of people that wants to just sow division and create hate, you reap what you sow. And this is what has been sowed. And if that's an improper pronunciation, who cares? Because anybody who is on that far extremist side isn't listening to this. They don't care. And they won't ever care. And that's fine. But the people that do care, like you, me, and, you know, majority of the people out there, I'm not going to let one little small group of people tell me what to do and think that it's okay. It's a problem. And if you guys don't support mental health bills, but yet you want to blame mental health when something like this happens, you don't get the right to do that. You don't. Nobody wants your thoughts and prayers. Nobody gives a shit. Okay? If you support all these other things and you vote down improvements for health, mental health, then shut up. You have no right to shut up. So again, let's just remember who's to blame here. The mass shooter 
clearly some of the media for spreading endless propaganda and hate and of course our politicians who don't know anything other than how to create chaos so if you're constantly being bombarded with the idea that we're being taken over by some news station you shouldn't own a gun and if you went to buy a silencer and they rejected you that's kind of another red flag i know that the gun ownership or the gun store owner has been on tv and that probably could have prevented a lot of lives or saved a lot of lives by him not selling him that silencer but i also don't know if this gun owner did anything and acknowledged this to the police before this event happened because maybe that would have been the red flag that finally said oh shit maybe we should do something about it but on that note this is the presser of the week and i've already talked for seven minutes which is more than my allotted time and i've been standing on my soapbox so i'll step down but just remember at the end of the day we all go to the grocery store we all go to parties we all go to events with lots of people we don't want to have to worry about being shot and killed and it's as simple as that and if people don't stand up and say we've had enough we're just going to continue to repeat and repeat and repeat so let's now listen to all the glad handing and Oh, praises that they shout out in the press conference after they found Robert Carr dead. Now, again, they didn't catch him. They found his body. So whatever kudos they give to each other, remember, they didn't actually catch him. He killed himself. That's, that's what really happened, just so you know. So, oh, and just one other thing. They also searched that place multiple times and didn't find his body. Maybe he came in later. Maybe he did not. But everything from this perspective on this side of the microphone sees an incompetent manhunt and an incompetent police force that did not take up any action against a man who had been accused of potentially being a mass shooter and then became a mass shooter. If you think I'm pissed off, I am because that's their freaking job. I'm sorry that you're mad or that I'm mad and it may, may not make whatever. I don't, whatever. Bottom line is this. We're still here. Those 18 people aren't. And if police would have just done their jobs, maybe they would still be here. Please take note as well at the end of the press conference when they're taking questions. They get awfully defensive about some of the tactics that they have used in this manhunt. It is very defensive and clearly they abruptly end the conference. So keep a listen to the last question and it's a very important one. Thank you very much for coming. <clears throat> Excuse me, coming here on short notice. I stand here to t tonight 
to simply report that the Maine State Police have located the body of Robert Card in Lisbon. He is dead. I've called President Biden to inform him about this news. I've informed <clears throat> Senator King, Senator Collins, Representative Pingree, and Representative Golden. Commissioner Sawshuck <clears throat> will describe the circumstances of that discovery in some detail uh, in a few moments. But this discovery is entirely thanks to the hundreds of local, county, state, and federal law enforcement members from all over, and people from other states as well, people who searched <clears throat> tirelessly to arrive at this moment. And on behalf of all Maine people, I want to express my profound gratitude for their unwavering bravery and determination and fortitude and for the leadership of Louis Lewiston Police Chief, say, where'd you go? Right there, right there, that guy. <laughs> Lewiston Police Chief St. Pierre. Like many people, I'm breathing a sigh of relief tonight knowing that Robert Card is no longer a threat to anyone. I know there are some people, many people who share that sentiment, but I also know that his death may not bring solace to many. But now is a time to heal. And with this search concluded, I know that law enforcement continues to fully investigate all the facts so we can bring what closure we can to the victims and their families. And I ask that all Maine people continue to keep those families and all of the people impacted by this tragedy in their thoughts and prayers. Lewiston is a special place. This isn't us. Lewiston is a great place. It's a close-knit community of fine people, people with a long history, a history of hard work, of persistence, of faith, of opening its big heart to people everywhere. And tonight, the city of Lewiston and the state of Maine begin to move forward on what will be a long and difficult road to healing, but we will heal together. Thank you, and again, my deepest gratitude, gratitude of all the people of the state of Maine to these wonderful members of law enforcement who came from all over to help us solve this crime and put closure on this investigation. Robert Card is dead. Now I'm going to turn it over to Commissioner Sasha. Thank you very much, Governor. We truly do appreciate uh, all of your support. Uh, I think it's incredibly important uh, that the next uh, person that speaks uh, this evening is Lewiston's uh, chief uh, law enforcement champion, and that is Dave St. Pierre. Dave. Thank you, Mike. Uh, thank you, Governor, for allowing me this opportunity. Uh, bear with me, please. I, I certainly did not have much time to prepare a speech here. Um, I, I want to I say to everybody, thank you so much. You can, our community can now breathe a sigh of relief, as, as the Governor stated, and I can't echo that enough. Um, our work, again, is not done here. Um, 
I was very elated tonight when I got the call from Commissioner Soschuk um, advising me of uh, the revelation of what took place and that Mr. Card is deceased and no longer a threat to our community or any other community. Uh, I just don't want to forget the, the families that are grieving and will continue to grieve. I don't want to forget the law enforcement officials that have worked tirelessly throughout this whole event uh, to come to a good conclusion. Um, our men and women of the Lewiston Police Department, of all of our surrounding agencies, we have with us uh, Chief McGee here from Lisbon where, where Mr. Card was found. Um, this is, in, is vitally important to all of us that this conclusion came to light tonight. Um, we're going we're gonna to grieve for the families that lost loved ones here. Uh, we're going to continue to work. We're going to persevere. Um, and we become better people for it is in, in terms of working together as teams. We've learned a lot from some mistakes. Uh, we've, we've won a lot of accomplishments this evening. Um, again, I wasn't really prepared for this on a Friday night at 1030, but I'm very happy to be here and very happy to say the threat is over. Thank you. Sure. So our officers are being notified now as we speak. Um, some know, obviously, sooner than others. There are many that are still home. They're home with their families. And I'm quite certain at this point in time, we all know about this. Um, this is something that all of our law enforcement uh, personnel, ours and any surrounding community, has been paying, paying very close attention to in awaiting positive news or good news. And this is by far the, the best news we've had in, in quite some time. Was there, any, was there any belief at this time that the suspect was dead before finding him, or did this come as a brand new revelation that never stopped coming to the So the, our reality here is that this search has been extensive, it's been thorough, it's been nonstop since the minute uh, we started speaking with you and long before that. Uh, so all of these options are on the table, as we knew. Uh, we continue to search locations. Uh, in some cases, multiple times. Uh, and uh, we will have more information about exactly how this went down. Uh, we're going to have another briefing tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Uh, and I would uh, please encourage you uh, to think about next steps from your end, information that you uh, would find important. Uh, and uh, I will say that this is not going to be a long Q&A this evening. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we got this information out as fast as possible and as responsible as possible. And what I mean by that is that the time between the notification of the press release and now, there wasn't a lot of details there. There wasn't a lot of details there because we wanted to talk to the victims' families. We wanted to say, this is coming. It's important that they heard that information as close to first as anybody else. And you know who else we called uh, was the family of the suspect. And uh, they lost a loved one in this scenario. Um, and there were many of that family that was very cooperative with us throughout. Uh, so they deserve that phone call. So we had those conversations tonight before joining you here. Uh, we also got a chance to send, spend some time uh, with the brothers and sisters of law enforcement and our public safety partners that have been so incredibly helpful uh, over the last few days, uh, to say the least. So what, one second. So right here, sir. So at 7.45 this evening is when uh, Mr. Card was located. I won't give you an exact address. It was uh, near uh, the river along Androscoggin uh, in Lisbon Falls was the actual location. Ma'am, did you have a question? Ma'am, did you have a question? Uh, when, do you, when did you think he died? 
that all remains to be seen, right? So our reality is that we found that body at 745 and it's 1025 now. Uh, so there continues to be a lot of work that needs to be done here at the scene with the medical examiner's office. Uh, so there's, there's a much, much more follow-up to what happened. But, sir, did you have a question? I won't be able to answer either one of those questions at this point, uh, accomplices and things that like, of that nature. We've had no indication of that since the very beginning. Uh, but as we've talked about before, these next steps are going to be, gives us an opportunity to, to do things as fast as we can in the sense that we want to provide closure and information, but also slow things down a little bit uh, because we need to look at video evidence. We need to look at uh, the various uh, pieces of technology that are in, in play here and hopes that that gives us some additional information around some of the things that you're going to be concerned about. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I'm happy to take a look at that information in, in hopes that I can get that back to you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, again, we have uh, uh, attorney generals that we need to work with and other individuals uh, that are in play here. I'm going to take a couple more questions, again, again with the mindset that it's, that it's 10 o'clock tonight, and we do want to come back uh, tomorrow morning to have this conversation. Right here. Yeah, sure. So I think that um, that was an ongoing conversation since the minute we uh, actually put that in place. Uh, we knew that that was an important decision. Certainly from our perspective, it made uh, complete sense to put that order in place immediately based on the violent nature and the traumatic nature of these crimes. Uh, and as uh, things progressed over the next few days, uh, since Wednesday to now, uh, we've had a lot of conversations with uh, various town and city leadership. Uh, with the governor's office, with Chief St. Pierre, with business owners, with residents, and we have to have that balancing act of pluses and minuses. And we had that initial surge with those communities, uh, and those communities made perfect sense for an order, and as things tended to slow down, we didn't have any immediate threats, we made the decision to, to back off that. I would also just want to mention this because uh, a fellow commissioner had asked me to do this, uh, and I could walk out of here before forgetting it, but uh, Commissioner uh, Camuso said that uh, and passed along that actually that hunting restriction uh, has been lifted as well. So the resident hunting opportunity um, for tomorrow uh, is open across the state of Maine to include those four communities. There's a lot of phone calls that she would receive around that. But right here, ma'am. Yes, I can confirm that. It's an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. Did you have a question, ma'am? I didn't state that we had searched that area before, so, so as, as, we have, as, we have, as we have stated in the past, we try to use information that we can confirm one way or the other. So your reporting can say something one way or the other, and that's fine. We can talk about that again tomorrow morning, but I think we're done taking questions for this evening. Thank you very much for your patience, and we will see you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, there you have it. The combative press conference with the Maine police in regards to the investigation of one Robert Card, who was the mass shooter in the Maine mass shooting incident. And again, this was something that was easily preventable, but policies and other actions were not taken. So 18 families have a lot of sadness going on in their lives and it's another example of if people just don't do their job then nothing will get done now 
are we happy that they were able to mobilize and eventually put this person to rest? Of course, they didn't do that. He did that himself. But should we cut them some slack? Probably. But what the heck is going on in Maine that they can't take time out of their busy schedules to go and search a little bit harder for this guy? I mean, seriously, what is going on in Maine? Nothing. Nothing goes on in Maine. Stephen King lives in Maine. That's about it. <laughs> so, I'm going to hold the police a little bit accountable for this one because, yeah, they went and they did a little bit of due diligence, but at the end of the day, they still let this guy get through their cracks and through their fingertips, and we have a mass shooting incident. So, thank you guys again for letting me play you the other side of the tape and that is what the police say when they are confronted with questions they don't want to answer and this was a good example of that so hopefully we will have um less incidents like this but <laughs> let's be honest this is america and if there's anything that america does better than anybody else it's mass shootings it's a sad, sad world we live in. But hey, gotta love that Second Amendment, baby. It's right there. Everybody should love it. Nah, just kidding. You can love it if you want. I won't hate you for it. It's just not something I'm gonna ever stand up and say, oh yeah, you should totally be allowed to walk around and carry a gun with you. Especially without a permit. I mean, who needs that? Who needs background checks? I mean, ugh. Common sense laws? Who needs those? Anyway, on that note, I'm going to end this week before my soapbox breaks from underneath me and all the anger that has built up amongst all of us throughout these years of little action and absolutely nothing to show for it other than more dead bodies. I commend David Hogg from the... Parkland Massacre down in Florida for being such a big proponent. But again, he has made this his passion and it is his goal. So you may not believe or have the same beliefs as me or the other guy or the guy sitting next to you on the train or the bus or the guy packing up his black bag and tactical gear with a AR-15, because we know that's the choice of gun by all mass shooters. Well, so be it. This is America. And if America doesn't get their shit together, you're going to get a lot more of this. And our current situation is not looking up. If anything, it's looking down. So if you could do yourself a favor... And be a little bit nicer today. That'd be great. Maybe that a-hole that was planning the mass shooting won't be an a-hole anymore. You never know until you try. All right, guys. As you know, I do these every week. You can follow me on Twitter if you want, at BillHuffman3. I don't want to do any more mass shooting ones. These suck. And, again, 
Do your jobs, everybody. It's important. Have a wonderful day. And again, until next time, as always, stay healthy and be safe. Ohio is a land of mystery, from missing shipwrecks and lost treasure beneath her surface to strange phenomenon slicing through her skies, from myths that have evolved around historic events and people to the unsolved murders and disappearances that keep her communities wondering what happened. Find Ohio Mysteries on your favorite podcast app, and let's explore the inexplicable. OhioMysteries.com You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight, cisgender white men. And the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth. And together we host Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.